When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Hey guys, welcome back to the Coach Steve Show podcast. Today I have another great football coach with me, Coach Vaughn, who was gracious enough to join this little podcast of mine. Um, coach, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, could you please introduce yourself to my 25 fans maybe now, I think. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. Um, my name is Eric Vaughn. I live in Tennessee, coach just across the state line in Virginia at uh, Castlewood High School. Yeah, that's crazy. I think you're the first one I've had that lives in one state and coaches in another state. That's yeah. pretty uh, wild. You don't hear that very often. Yeah, it uh, it's neat. It's fun. But in the COVID era, it's uh, it's a little frustrating. But, you know, we we deal with it as we can, just like we ask the kids to do, you know, all that good coach speak. Yeah, right before we recorded, you told me how they're playing – but then where you coach, they're not playing. So it's like you have to watch yeah. schools play. But like you just said, you can use that and you know, that coaching philosophy we get, you can tell the kids like, this is what I'm going through every day. So we have to get through it. You can turn it into a positive, but we coaches are losing our minds. So it probably doesn't help to see that. <laughs> no, it is. It has made it that much more difficult. I will, I will own that. 
Um, my wife will attest to my fair share of man tantrums that I've thrown. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not been easy. Um, like, you know, we were talking before we started, uh, me and the head coach live, uh, 40 minutes away from the school in the state of Tennessee, we crawl, you know, cross just cross the state line as where we coach. And so all of the, all of the coaching circle that we know have been lining it up on Fridays and having fun. And we went to a one game together as a staff. Uh, we, you know, we went to um, a, a school that uh, a guy or our, our head coach used to coach at. Um, so we went to a, one of their games and um, I've watched several on local, but it's just been kind of, it's, it's depressing uh, to watch it and, and be so close to it, but you you and your guys can't like go at it. So it's, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember Utah had a game like way back when that was like the first high school game in the United States. Mm-hmm. I was watching uh, on YouTube and then every week I was trying to find them. Then as it went on, I was kind of, you're different. You were there. Me watching on Utah, I started to get mad. I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be on the sideline right now. Like um, I'm at a new school. So I was really itching, you know, they probably was an offensive line run game coordinator. I really wanted to get going. And so no offense to those high school teams that were going on YouTube. I couldn't watch it anymore. I was like, I'm gonna stick to college, <laughs> but that's making, it's pissing me off. Like I can't yeah. go help the kids. I can't go coach. I can't do any of that. So this podcast is therapy a little bit. Well, there we go. And I said this every time I need to start charging people. I won't do it now. You're good. But eventually I may have to, you know, two bucks an hour for my time. Two bucks an hour. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, w- I went to um, the, the Twitterverse to track down a lot of uh, links for games and streamed a bunch of guys that our coaching styles are similar. Our offenses are similar. And so, I did that. Um, it was still frustrating. I think for me, that was easier than watching the local access, right, for the teams that were playing, you know, 10 minutes over here where my kids go to school or 15, 20 minutes down the road where, you know, if you can drive to have date night with your wife and see the lights on in the distance – that's not, it's not fair. Like there's, I don't have, there's no words that I can say on this podcast for, for those feelings. There's no talking for the first 15 minutes of that day. Like, yeah, yeah. You have to sit there and order an adult beverage and be like, I have to deal with this for a second. <laughs> yeah. Face me away from the window. So I don't see the freaking lights and yep. uh, no Twitter's great for that. Twitter's good or bad, but I love it. It, it can be really good or really bad. Um. And I chose the good side of it. So when I see something I don't like, I don't, I try not to get involved. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Uh, Like this might be the small version. I posted a while back. I was on a coach Salas, his show. And I was showing him my version of inside zone. But some people said it's duo the way it's blocks. I double team all over the place. So I was just curious. So I screenshotted it and I put it on Twitter and I said, guys, what is this to you? inside zone or you think it's duo i'm just wondering oh goodness i shouldn't have done that 
I opened up a can yeah. of worms. I didn't have the running back drawn right on one of them. Like, oh, the angle of your running back tells me it's this. I'm like, guys, it was just a quick huddle thing. <laughs> and then I think that's the most comments I've had on a Twitter post my whole life. So I was like, just people left and right. And then, no, that's inside zone. No, that's duo. It can't be duo or it can't be inside zone because you're not doing this. It's not traditional. And I was like, I should not have done this. Or like, what you don't know this. I'm like, oh, like, sorry. Yeah, so that's one thing that that I'm not looking forward to um, with the podcast that, that I'm going to start, um, you know, and I don't want to I don't want to plug all that right now and all that jazz. But when you start talking about a specific topic and there's a lot of guys who have been involved with that section of football for for a long time and you start putting stuff out there, I know that a lot of them are going to like they're going to say, all right, that's cool. I like the way that you do that the other part of them are going to be, you know, they're going to be in the DM saying, well, why would you do that? Why would you, you know, I'd never do that. Why, why did you have this there? Why wouldn't you just do this? Why would you, and I understand we break down film, we pick things apart. That's what we do, but I'm braced for that fully. Well, and some of those coaches are just stuck in their ways or it's coaches that have never learned how to talk to coaches I'm real big on, see, this is the rabbit hole. You got to pull me back out if I go too deep. <laughs> I've made mistakes as a coach, but I've seen, I was a young offense coordinator. I was like 25, 24, 25. But I learned very quickly how to talk to coaches. Like you don't go up to a guy that's calling plays or the head coach and say, why did you do this? Or what are you seeing? Like there's a way to talk about it. And I'll never forget I had a young coach. He was so excited. We put him in the box. You know, I told him to tell me what the corners are doing and the, our wide receivers are doing. I'm going to focus on the quarterback because I was coaching quarterbacks at the time. And I'll never forget, I called a play. It was halftime. I was trying to score. I, I called the traditional flood. I'll never forget. I called flood. We go back. The reason why I called is because there's a one high. And I'm like, what What beats that? You you overload them. You know, I, it's just, I'm simple. Mm -hmm. We go in the locker room. He just goes off and was like, what did you see? Why would you call that? And I told him he needs to be quiet. I'm looking at huddle sideline. He kept going off and I just said words. I'm not going to repeat. And that reminds me of that. It reminds me of that. So like Twitter, you have coaches that just want to act tough. They're stuck in their ways, but they just never learned how you talk to somebody. Like if you put something up about the wing T, me personally, I might be like, oh, that's really cool. What's the read here? Or what are you guys looking at? I would ask it that way. Not be like, why would you do that? I'd be like, oh, like, what are you looking at? Like, you know, but I guess I'm not, I am an asshole, but I'm not a big asshole, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, for me, I think podcasts and talking to coaches has to go along with the the old adage of, um the the story that says i met a man we each had a dollar we exchanged a dollar we left with a dollar i met a man we both had ideas we exchanged ideas and now we both have more you know so we leave we leave having two ideas right so there's, there's things that are tangible that you can exchange and it and it helps you but it doesn't make you better then there are things that you could exchange philosophically with a with another coach 
that can set you on a different path of thinking that can open you up to evolve yourself. And, you know, I think that a lot of guys who appear stuck um, in their ways to other coaches are guys, unfortunately, that never were exposed to leadership that challenged them possibly in that way, you know, and that's not to say that the leadership that they were under is not good because you can have great leadership and mold you into something and you can be a shaper of young men, you know, and do great things. But if you have a leadership that pushes you to evolve as a person, then you get to impact more people than you would, you know, in your prior state. And so for me, that's the whole purpose uh, of podcasts um, and not just eventually shortly down the road, getting to, to mine, but coming on to this podcast and the others that I've been on is not just to come and talk about what I do. It's to talk and learn and share ideas and see what they think and, you know, ask questions and all that good stuff. So it's, it's, I think it's just uh, it's that difference between sharing a dollar and sharing an idea. Right. And then, and like the wars you see about offense, this or versus this offense, well, this is soft, this isn't soft. You know, I'm the person that's like, I'd rather learn from the other person. Now, I may never use it. I may never use a thing they put up. I may never use a thing they show me, but I have it in my back pocket at some point for if another coach wants to learn it. Oh, Hey, I learned this from coach Vaughn or something like, here's what he showed me, go reach out to him. Like, that's what my mindset goes because it's a community and it has to grow. Like, I'll never forget one of the first people I watched on YouTube was Coach Mackey. A lot of people probably did. Yeah. And and all of them. I've had coaches now to today, like, oh, I'm an offense coordinator. I'm looking at this. That's one of the first things that pops in my head if they're talking about spread. I'm like, oh, go look at this because mm-hmm. you can get it right now. That's just a thought. Like, that was the first thing that popped in my head, but like that's in my back pocket. Like some of the stuff he does, I won't use, but guess what? It's in my back pocket. Like, Oh, look, this is what he did. But if you want go check out the YouTube, like, I, again, I'm stupid, simple. So it's the way I think, and it's not right or wrong, but it's just the way I think. See, this is that rabbit hole. I told you at the beginning, we're going to go down a rabbit hole or two. This is yeah. football Joe Rogan right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing that makes podcasts interesting. Um, you know, I think that when when you do hit a couple of rabbit holes, it's always it always feels more organic to the listener. They feel True. like they're actually in a conversation because yeah. they they hear it and they're you know and so when they're listening to actual genuine conversation, it it kind of they they become a participant in their mind and they're listening and and while they're listening, they're thinking and listening and and so I think it engages more. Uh, when you do have a couple of rabbit holes. It's yeah, like my beginning, not. my beginning, my beginning podcasts were just, I made it, I made this to be like an ESPN thing because I love talking sports. So it was supposed to be like recaps and all that. Well, then co- I did it in February. COVID hit. So guess what? There were no sports to be had. And so I stopped. And then Coach Sheffer started his. And so, like me, him, Coach Banstra, and Coach Bennett were doing. Um, college football teams 
And then he started to get coaches on and I said, screw it. I'm going to get coaches on what the beginning. It's like an interview. I started to realize I'm interviewing them, which is fine too, because I want to keep it to the point. I don't want to keep people on for hours and but I'm getting better. Like normally at the beginning of this, I would ask you a question. It would have been like an interview. I think I'm slowly getting better of like, let's go down this rabbit hole and then I'll come back to something. And then we'll go down another rabbit hole and then we'll come back. Yeah. Um, it just depends. Depends on what mood I'm in and depends on, <laughs> I'm in a good mood because we got to work from home today. So I was like, oh, I could be, be home all day. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I agree. I think that uh, that's the best way. Genuine conversation. But, uh, you know, that's why you, you mentioned like Joe Rogan of football. That's why everybody listens to him. I listen to the JRE clips on YouTube while I'm at work all the time. I, I kind of did way back when, and then I stopped because they were just so long. And so I just stopped. You know, then I was coaching three sports, football, basketball, tracks. So I just never – I didn't have time to think. Yeah. Especially now – during this COVID, I have friends text me like, hey, go listen to him and Alex Jones. Oh, I went and listened to the first one. And I was like, oh, boy, I can't stop listening. It's a train wreck. Yeah. Um, Tim Dillon, I think he's hilarious. I watched all of those. So I'm going back and, like, finding the ones I know. And I'm slowly – and then I started to realize I'm listening to this to learn how to do a podcast almost. Mm -hmm. Real, like, the coach in me was like, I'm studying this as film of, like, how does he get so good? He's really smart. People don't give him credit. He's pretty smart. He knows a lot. And so I'm learning how to do a podcast. And then I'm reading books again. I'm like, I want to exchange my, like, my, grow my mind. So I'm finding books all of a sudden and starting to read again. And I'm like, it's not just football books. It's leadership. It's positivity. It's mm -hmm. my friend told me to get this book called The Energy Bus. I'm going to read. It's like 12 things you can use. The same author, he wrote um, How to Win the Locker Room First, him and the Atlanta Falcons coach. Yeah. So it's like Joe Rogan's podcast and these books. Now I'm trying to grow and learn how to do this. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm coaching without doing it. I'm not realizing it. Yeah. Uh, when we get to that section, I've got a really good book to add that changed the way. It didn't change the way I thought about things. It changed the way that I said things. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm it, trying to find those books. Yeah. Right now. Like I have my football books, like, culture of each strategy i have defensive books i'm looking at my bookshelf right now um i'm finishing up right now fourth and goal every day the one on nick saban in alabama how they run their program um i just got the energy bus the 80 20 principle coach Mackey told me to get that one extreme That's ownership it. extreme ownership i've read three times yep. like um i just got a book the 12 rules for life i have no idea i just saw it it's something that people are talking about. So I'm like, Oh, sure. Yeah. I, uh, the, the book, the last book that I read, um, and it's been, it's been a little while since I read it, but it's still, it still impacts everything that I do to, to its core because I'm non-faculty and I'm a marketing guy for an automotive group. Mm -hmm. So system and process is huge to me. Um, by trade, I'm a marketing strategist. I played football in high school. I played football in college. I played some arena ball, played in Europe a little bit. But where I made my money, money in my life has been in marketing. And um, I read the book, um, 
and I had it in my head until we started talking. <laughs> uh, gosh, it's by James Clear. Um, Atomic Habits. Yeah, there we go. Atomic Habits. Because in, in, in coaching and playing ball, and then all in, in marketing, I always had a saying when I would work with companies, and I would always say this, that goals inspire you, but systems drive you, mm-hmm. right? So you, you can have, as a coach, you can have a goal to win conference and, you know, rush for so much and pass for so much or whatever your, whatever your goals are going into the season. And that's great but your systems drive that. And so that's what I used to always say. That was my big saying. That's, that's until I read that book and he said something in that book that changed everything that I would say. And he put it this way. And when I read it, like I got like the goosebumps and because he said something in that book that was so similar to what I said that it felt like the book, like it was for me. It was just crazy. But he says in the book that you never rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the levels of your system. And when I read that, I compl- I flipped out. Like I, I geeked on that for probably three weeks straight. And then still to this day, um, you know, I just started working with this automotive group in September of this year. In, in the COVID era, right? And trying to work on business development with them and figuring out how to salvage what is left of the buying market for vehicles, right? The same thing though applies to football, but, you know, I went in and told them like, you're gonna have to, like having your sales goals is one thing, but if you don't have the systems in place to do it, it's going to fall. And, and when you say it out loud, you think, well, that's, that's simple, right? And that, that's common sense. It makes sense. But when you start to apply it to every step of every process that you have on and off the field, right? So whether you're faculty and you teach, when you think about getting your students to a goal, what's your system to get them there? if you're non-faculty and you are a corporate guy that coaches your corporate work, you might have your goals for whatever, what are your systems to get there? And then the same thing for all of us that wear the headset, we understand offensive systems, but again, a lot of people get into those situations where they're trying to either adapt or adopt and they get caught in that chasm of unsuredness, right? And they don't know. And so they lose the ability to have their systematic approach in either play calling or player development or core development, you know, and strategy and all those things. And then they'll, you know, that it seems so common sense, but you catch yourself falling into the trap of, okay, I should have structured A to Z so that I could make sure that if they fail at D before we hit E, we have a catch that lets me know what we've got to do to get there. And then, you know, and it progresses on 
to to the end point that that ultimate goal that we've set. So for me, I would I would strongly encourage all coaches to read that book, Atomic Habits, because it does go in and it doesn't just talk about those things from a philosophical standpoint. I mean, he really gets down to the nitty gritty of how do you structure your day, right? For me, I found myself <laughs> in the COVID era, I had gained like 25, 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so two weeks ago, um, it was just one of those things where I, I told my wife, I was like, dude, I got to do something, mm-hmm. you know, because we all, <laughs> we spend so much time, you know, yelling, pick it up, pick it up. Let's go, let's go. You know, but I sat around in the COVID time picking up nothing but a fork and mm-hmm. didn't realize like, and then all of a sudden it just, it hit me. And so like in two weeks I've lost 20 pounds, but I, I had to go back to atomic habits and restructure my 6am wake up to immediately get up, you know, do your vitamins, chug a water, get on the elliptical you know, and then wake up the kids because we have a house full here. All right. <laughs> so like the fact that it's quiet for any time I'm on a podcast is like literally biblical miracle, right? <laughs> we, have, we have a 19 year old daughter that's moved out. We have a 17 year old son that lives here, a 15 year old son that lives here, 14 year old daughter here, seven year old son here, five year old daughter here. Wow. So when I say it's full, it's full. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> I had to restructure my, my whole morning routine. And so in, in two weeks I've lost like 17 pounds. And so I'm starting to get down back to what the way that I felt good getting down my weight and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it was a great book that helped me on a lot of major philosophical thought processes, but it was also a book that just kind of in basic little things just nudged me to remember, you know, restructure your thinking to do it. And that's, you know, not to give too much of it away, but that's why he labeled it atomic habits. And then I feel like it allows you to realize when something's not working from a coaching perspective, like in the off season, like, okay, this wasn't working. How do we adapt? Don't change it all, but how do we tweak and adapt and see what's going on? And, there's coaches out there like, nope, this is the way we do it. This is how we're going to do it. Even if we went 0 and 9, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Or what didn't go right. Because I mean, you can, I've been on 0 and 9 team and not mad about it. It was like things we were doing in practice was translating. We just were young. It was Jimmy's and Joe's. So when we visited it, we just said, okay, it's going in the right direction. We just got to keep going. So it gives you that of like, you just got to keep going. Yeah. And it, and what you said, it's not its not the same thing, but it kind of is. There's a Nick Saban book, because I love Nick Saban. I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember if it's How Good You Want to Be or Making of a Coach. It was one of those two where he talked about the process. So it's kind of similar. He was like, yes, I think it was Making of a Coach because he said the process is this. The outcome is this, but I'm not worried about the outcome. The outcome will show up if you do the process. Exactly. But then he also said, like, they're going to lose national championships. They're going to lose games. But if you did the, everything you could, that just means the other team just did one little thing extra. You did what we asked you to do. You did with the process in our program. 
or business said, someone else just found an extra letter in the alphabet. So guess what? We go back and create another one. Um, because in that book, I think it might've been the LSU championship. I don't remember. They won the championship. He's on the trophy. It's in the book. And it was like, he did his 30 minute talk. And then he said, okay, coaches, meet me in the office in 10 minutes. They go to the office, they open a beer. They're all happy. They're celebrating the one national championship. He's handing them folders. You're going to this state and this state. You're going to this state and this state. And they said, whoa, 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 coach. Like we just won national championship. And he goes, yeah, we lost two or three weeks of recruiting because we were in the national championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go recruit. Like he didn't smile or nothing. It was back to the process. And I think he's not that way, quite that way. Now he smiles a little more now, the older he gets. But that kind of hits you. Like the process never stops. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, we got to keep going. Just because we won a national championship doesn't, I mean, and Bill Belichick says the same thing when they won a Super Bowl. He's like, yeah, we just lost a month of looking at guys to draft. Yep. And it's crazy that people like that with championship mentality, that process, the system, whatever you want to call it, it's like it never stops. Yeah. And you just keep adapting to it. It's a beautiful thing. I know like it sounds crazy, but I think it's a beautiful thing when you have coaches of that caliber who can win so much, but at the same time focus on how much they've lost. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I try to, I try not to be super, super over the top critical because I can get really, really terribly bad on myself as, as most coaches do. I mean, not mm-hmm. even probably do they do, <clears throat> but I just think that's such a healthy way to think of things when you when you understand your system, not just your offensive system, but your system of football, right? Um, I, I don't know. I think I just think in, in that thinking for me, because um, I, I I do a lot of music as well, so uh, with my church and. <clears throat> and have for years. So for, as a musician, I think just that structured thinking for me just is very natural. And then the marketing side of me thinks in structure and cycles and growth patterns and, and all of those things. And, and so it just, it carries over to football um, a, a lot, but I think it's, I think it's healthy to just understand that a win is a win but the, at the same time, it, it's the beginning of the next game, right? Or the, the when the, the doing great of a good play is just the signal of the next play, you know? And, and when the whistle blows, it's the prep for the next game, right? It's, it's all of those things. It's always a cycle. And I think those that become good to great um, embrace that better than others. Because if you don't embrace it, I think it becomes so um, so abrasive, so um, conflicting, right? Like friction that that it becomes uncomfortable. That you just either you either grow disgusted or tired, or you just you get so you get to a point where you have to look for external refreshing, right? You have you can't just have that passion within you that just bubbles you up and, and drives you. You have to, to look for these external gratifications and things and, and 
pick-me-ups and all of that stuff. So I don't know. I, th- I think finding that is a really, really healthy place for coaches um, at any level, really. Yeah, and then a lot of younger coaches think they know. I was one of those guys like, I know this or that, I can go do it. And it didn't click to becoming an offensive coordinator. I was a handcuffed offensive coordinator, don't get me wrong. I didn't really do what I wanted. But even then for that aspect, like I don't know exactly what we're doing. And then I don't, and like me personally, I was like, oh, I'm not ready to run a program yet. Like just thinking about it, like I wouldn't know how to do A through Z. I know how to do A through F, but I don't know the rest. And but now that was when I was 24, 25. Now I just turned it's like now I think I know. It's been six years. Um I like to think I know now because I'm a little older. And so part of the podcast that he was doing was giving back to young coaches. Like I have one that's like, so you want to be a coach? Well, let me tell you what happens. And I, I'm not a head coach, <laughs> but I've gone through the I've gone through the bad and the good. I've done the bad and done the good. Yeah. I was the kid guy that's like, I know everything. And then when you don't get it, you're a brat. I was a brat about it until it, it clicked one day. And I was like, I know nothing. And guess what? I'm going to be a fly on the wall. And that's why I wish I can go back to my, I started when I was 18 coaching, like right, 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 right away. I want to smack myself upside the head and be like, you know, nothing like go learn. Don't keep your mouth shut. And so some of the stuff that you're saying, or like I've learned, I wish I knew. And younger coaches need to hear that stuff because they think they know. Mm-hmm. I've coached Funny, like young coaches think they know. I've gone through yeah. it. The fun, funniest, funniest interaction that I've ever had on Twitter. I don't. I have no idea who the coach was. It was a young guy, and he posted, and I just it was in my feed, and I seen a lot of people had replied to it, so I I was reading. And he asked a question like, um, uh, I want to get into high school football coaching as, you know, an assistant coach. And um, and he was asking, like, you know, what should my top priorities be? What systems should I learn? What da, 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 and all these things. And he, I mean, it was a pretty good sized post that, you know, for that Twitter will allow. But <clears throat> and he just went on and I left one comment and it got a ton of likes but i said be prepared to do a lot of laundry (laughs) it's the only thing i said because if you're going to the high school level mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner when Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. 
Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. You know, and, and you're coming in as the green guy that's never coached, you know, never played college ball. You played high school ball and – you know, all that stuff there, you don't, a lot of young coaches need to learn. You do not prove yourself on the chalkboard. Head coaches will work with you on that X's and O's thing. And you can learn and do the podcasts and all that stuff on your own time. But listen to me as someone who is in their forties. Now I'm telling you, be a doer period. That will get you more loyalty from a staff than anything is just be that guy who does what's asked of him, period. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be laundry. So that's my, that's my little shout out to the, to the fresh green guys that are, you know, wanting to get into the game and uh, are looking for all this inspiration you're it's going to be dirty sweaty pants and jerseys um for a while and and that's all of us have done it but that's that and i know like it's seen in there there's big programs that 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 are you know 6a and all that stuff and they've got a lot of staff but i'm talking if you're green and you're going in you're probably not going to start out there you're going to start out at the 1a 2a 3a maybe ish schools where the, the staff is a lot smaller, the facilities are a lot smaller, budgets are a lot smaller, and everyone wears a lot of hats. So just be prepared. One, I love that movie, Pain and Gain. I'd be a doer. Love that yep. movie. Um, or if you're, and I said this in my my little show podcast I did, if it is a big time school, you're not going to be paid. You're going to be a volunteer. You got to start out volunteering, number one. Number two, now, see, I was babied. I went to my high school and started coaching. My head coach brought me up to varsity underneath his wing. I helped him out. But back then, you traded film. You had to drive and trade film. So what did I do? You drove and traded film. Yeah. Oh, Steve, um, we have a far away away game. Can you go scout this other team? Take this notebook and write down what they do. Mm-hmm. That was varsity, but I was doing that stuff. And I was going to school, so I, I lived like 40 minutes away, so I was having to go back and forth. So I wasn't full-time volunteer. But then what happened was I was there for a couple of years. I went to the next school, and I thought I knew. I was like, I need to be varsity this, varsity that. And I kind of was. He goes, okay, you, what do you want to do? And I said, offense. Offense a lot and offense. That's what I love. He goes, all right. Next day, he goes, you're JV defensive coordinator. You're going to learn, you help out the varsity defensive coach and you're coaching defense. And I was a brat. I was like, what are you talking about? JV this, I want to be full varsity offense. And then he's like, and then 
you're going to be a guy looking at the iPad, telling us what's going on. You're not co- really coaching. You're just kind of telling them what happened. And so I was kind of a brat. And I remember trading film. I remember scouting. I remember we didn't wash the clothes, but I guess who had to collect them? Mm. We did. They threw them on the floor. You had to pick them up. You had to clean the field up. You had to dress the field. You had to do this. And they think they're going to walk in and get paid. They're like, I need a paid spot. You're going to volunteer right away. Yep. Unless you're a teacher and you you graduate and you are lucky enough to find one just because you're a teacher. Yeah. But even then, like you said, if you're trying to go to a state title winning program, there's a reason why they're winning state titles. Yep. And those coaches are there for a while. You're going to go to a smaller school that has turnover because they're moving up. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay 2000 If you do get a stipend, it's like $1,000 or $2,000 because the school is small. Yep. You're going to coach five positions. You're going to coach <laughs> the freshman and the JV. Yep. And I've been at five high schools, so I've kind of – I've gone through small high schools. Every school I've gone to has been, like, bigger. And so I kind of – how do I put this? I want to give back to younger coaches. I'm a young coach, too. I know that. But, like, the 20-year-old coaches need to hear that. And, like – they don't realize it. They think they know everything. Oh, I played high school ball. And I was like, shut up. I was in your shoe. Shut up. You don't know. You know nothing. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that is, that's the truth. It is. That was rough. There's a young coach. And listen, that was rough, but you kind of need it. Yeah. You kind of so. needed it. Yeah. There's that. That's four rabbit holes. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So how did you end up coaching at a school in another state? Because I said that earlier. It's very interesting. Like, how does that happen? I don't know if I could coach in Indiana, like drive over to Indiana. I wish uh, I would have this year, but not. I don't know if I could do that normally. So I, I um, played high school, played college, did all the, the arena and Europe stuff. And um, I, when I got done, I coached um, – at one of the colleges I played at this quarterback's coach, you know, like uh, it was student assistant, right. Cause I was wrapping up some stuff. So I did student assistant and um, came back to Tennessee where I'm from and started coaching at uh, a private school. And that's, that's the time that I met the head coach I'm with now. It was in that same time frame, And, um, we had known each other forever and he went to nice high school in florida where tebow went was there and blackville hilda in south carolina uh somewhere else i can't remember well, he, him and his wife moved back to our region and he took the head coach job at that school and um i seen him posted on facebook one day and so I messaged him. I was like, "You, do, what's the staff look like?" And they had just had complete turnover, pretty much. And so, anyways, that's how I got into coaching in a state just across the state line and living here. And it's not really that exciting of a story, but um, it's just that I knew him for a while. And the school that he got hired in as head coach was in. I mean, it was bad. I mean, I can't like, there's no sugarcoating 
um, the the amount of money that was in the football balance, um, the football account uh, balance was ridiculous. I mean, it 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 like um, it was very similar to like a, a college student's bank account. I mean, like it it was bad. <laughs> Field house was in terrible shape. Just just a lot of stuff. I mean, they had had the same uniforms. I think for like seven or eight seasons, um, just ridiculous. And uh, we came in, we decided not to order new uniforms. We ordered new ones this year and uh, made a big, huge turnaround, beat two, two teams in the county. There's three teams in the county that we are, we're in because it's a very um, rural area. So uh, – the two teams in the county, they had not beaten since the 80s. And we, we beat both of them last year. So that was – I mean, there was just a lot of big things that we did, set some records, I think, for different things. And um, just really did a lot with, with a group of kids that people had just kind of said, there's nothing here, and walked away on them. And we came in and um, – taught them to believe in us, but most importantly, to believe in themselves. And then also trust the system, trust the system, trust the system, keep repeating that over and over and over so that they understand that when something goes wrong, there's an answer for it. Right. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, all of that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how, um, and it's, it's a little, uh, it's not that far away. Um, I know it's 40 minutes, but it's not a long, like some, you know, everyone knows like a four, like some 40 minute drives are like three hours. Some 40 minute drives are just 40 minutes. And it's, it's a, it's an easy drive, um, through beautiful country in Southwest Virginia. So, um, I don't know how it's going to be this spring though, because when it snows in the Southwest Virginia area, it drops like buckets you know, and mm. you live in Illinois, so it snows obviously up there, but you take that depth of snow and throw it on mountainsides and curvy roads. It's just, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the, that's the story. Yeah. That drive reminds me where I'm from. I'm from one lane or two lane country roads. And like you said, it's funny when you're down where i'm from this is another rabbit hole but it'll only take me like a minute where i'm from and it's like oh it's um oh it's a 20 minute drive or it's 10 miles or whatever that's what how we talk mm-hmm. then up here it's like well how far away is it oh it's 40 minutes it's 20 minutes but with traffic it's an hour yeah so they give you two times because in chicago land it's a little different mm-hmm. i went from one lane to five lanes speed limit 60 they're doing 85 and you got to keep up and i hate every i hate it so much so, uh, one of the agencies i worked with um is in los angeles and Ooh. so i learned that really quick gps will tell you you know like you can google maps it and it says 10 miles that's not <laughs> And even when I had to live, 
um, in Nashville for a while. It's a much, you know, much smaller metro, but still the same thing. Mm-hmm. Depending on what time of the day you're traveling, you know, 40 minute drive could be two hours. So, yeah, because where, where I'm from, you know, oh, it's 10 miles. Well, you already know it's going to be like, oh, that's like 13 minutes or, or whatever. You already kind of know, but you know, there's no traffic. So you're like, oh, that's not going to take me very long. Yeah. Like you said, up here, if I look at the high school I coach at now, it might say, oh, it's 15 miles or something. And I'm like, oh, that's not too bad. But then I have to Google map everything up here because I don't know where anything is. Oh, it's 45 minutes if there's traffic. Mm-hmm. If you leave at this time in the morning, you don't want to. You have to leave between this time and this time. And it ain't like the ones who I coached at a couple years ago, you know, and we both live towards where we live now, which is only like 18 minutes. If there's no traffic, it's 18 minutes straight. If you don't, if you leave, like we had weightlifting, they got to school at two o'clock or two 30. They lift it till about three 30 because if you don't leave before four, you're going to find it. You'll find that traffic. It was real funny. If you don't leave before four, you'll find it. During the football season, you had to leave at 6.30 to make sure there was no traffic, like 6.30 or 7. Yeah. So it was just real funny. This head coach has been there for a while. He's like, had it mapped out for me. So when I moved out here, he was like, oh, you live by me. Let me tell you, like, leave at this time or we had to leave before this time. If not, we're going to sit here and talk because we're not going to sit in that traffic. That 18-minute drive is going to be 40 minutes. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I like the uh, the the area that I moved back to where I'm from. The Tri Cities area is like northeast of Knoxville. So, right. like when when the state, like when Tennessee come, you know, comes over and it's got like the the point right that that whole triangle there at the top. That's the Tri Cities, you know. So Bristol Motor Speedway, all of that. Okay, yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. So. It's beautiful country, beautiful, you know, beautiful land, beautiful everything. You're minutes away from Virginia. You're minutes away from North Carolina. So you can drive into the coal mine mountains that are really, really pretty. Or you can drive across the state line to North Carolina and, you know, you're like Cherokee National Forest and all that good stuff. So it's just really beautiful in every direction. I think I've been to. Yeah, I've been to Cherokee. We went there on vacation. Um, and then we drove through the Smoky Mountains and all that many times. We've been all through Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina. We've been as a kid. So I'm picking up what you're putting down. I can yeah. kind of remember what you're yeah. um, trying to paint visuals for the listeners. I do need visuals. I need the... I need visuals and description. I'm that person. I, you can tell me all you want. And I'm like, oh, I, I understand. Can you yeah. do it on a board for me <laughs> or pay me a picture? Yeah. Uh, or like, head. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy that says, hey, go west. I'm like, no, can you tell me a street name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm that I, guy. The head coach, Chris, uh, he's, he's like that. I will text him, you know, sometimes 1030 and be like, hey, I'm thinking about what if we blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, he's just draw it up. So, yeah, so he's, he's that he's that guy. Well, I'm just glad that I can talk about it too. But then like after the conversation, I may have to go draw it up just to kind of remember. But like just, but that's the experience of coaching. Like I figured out how to listen and hear it and know. 
when I was younger, you could tell me, I'm like, um, I don't know what that is. I'm like, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Now that I'm older and I've researched and read, I'm like, oh, okay. But then sometimes I've had coaches on already, like, hold on a second. I had coach Justin Clark from North Carolina or whatever. He was talking about the run and shoot. Yeah. He was talking to me. There's times if I have the video, I'm looking down because I'm like, hold on a second. I'm trying to think in my head, especially the run and shoot, especially that. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Because my memory, my, I don't know enough about it. So he's telling me and I'm like, hold on a second. Let me figure it out. Yeah. Run and shoot. I don't know very well. And I asked him that. I'm putting that episode out. I'm putting that episode out tomorrow. But he said, like, I asked him, I said, why is there hardly anything? And he he told me, he's like, you know, people hated on it for a long time. So the people that knew it didn't release anything, didn't tell anybody. Like air raid stuff, mommy told people, Mike Leach told people it's just gone through. Wing T stuff has gone through. Um, you know, spread option. He's like, run and shoot, it was hated on so much, you know, the June Joneses or whatever of the world just kind of said, screw it. You know, we're not going to write it down. <laughs> yeah. Like he needs a special, I asked him, I said, do you need like a special membership card to know the run and shoot my wallet? <laughs> yeah. And the only reason why I know anything is because I really have to research it. And that's where I got frustrated. I told him I got frustrated. It's on the podcast. Like I got frustrated researching it. Like I can go to Google right now and type air raid and something's going to pop up or wing T. You type up run and shoot. Yeah. You have to really dig through the deep webs of Google to find it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Or like Coach Mackey's gotten people on there to talk about it. I have to go look at that. You have to go do this. But one thing you can't find is pass protection. They will not tell you anything. Yeah. I know choice and go. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, he and was telling me some things. The only reason I know those, Coach Mackey. Yeah. Because he was telling me, he said some things and then – he had to tell me because they have different words for things. So like what they might call one thing we call another, like everybody else in the world. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, we have our own special language, even their formations. Like, I don't think he calls it trips. He'll call it something else. But the thing about coach Clark, I'm going to get back on again. He's like, I'll tell you everything that I'm allowed to, but what he can tell would be a lot. Like he could tell a lot. And like, he told you how you drill choice. He told me how you do this. So like he was telling you and, um, but I was like, ooh. And then I asked him, I said, do you think people don't run it because they don't know it or because it's too hard? And he said, yes, both. <laughs> yeah. You can't find it. And it is difficult. It is, I think coaches, 
Cause I told him for me personally, I stopped researching it cause I couldn't find it. And then I'm looking at it and I was younger and I was like, I don't want to teach choice. I don't want to teach this, this or that. And then I discovered air raid concepts. I'm like this is so much easier than, you know, yep. run and shoot. Um, but a misconception is, and it's funny, they run the ball a lot. He's like, we run the ball a ton. He goes, it's in the name, run and shoot. And I was like, I know you do run the ball a lot. People don't think that though. Yeah. They think the passing. Yeah. Because um, original run and shoot was split back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was split back. Yeah. Under center, uh, a lot of bunch formations, and mm-hmm. uh, they had some tight ends here and there. And that was like the air raid, too. That's kind of where air raid kind of took stuff from West Coast and, and, and run and shoot. They were split back, and they just kind of, you know, people need it. That's another thing people don't know. Go read you know, stretch the cornfield, the perfect pass and Mike Leach's book, like they tell you straight up, like, yeah, we looked at BYU. We looked at the run and shoot. We looked at all the West coast stuff. We looked at wing T and their rocket tosses and stuff and just made it a key screen. Yep. Like they just evolved it, but people don't want to, the Twitter wars, they don't want to hear that. The Twitter wars, they don't want to hear that. Yeah. I posted on Twitter um not too long ago uh somebody had made the comment about the feud between air raid and wing team wing t coaches and for somebody like me i i think wing raid i think is ludicrous if you can't look at both of those systems and see that they philosophically are the same exact thing i don't i don't know i don't know how to explain it both systems are if then we count the box they count the coverage i'm wing raid i combine both so i do both you know one thing that i like about um uh colt harp coach colt harp mm-hmm. i think is uh how you pronounce his name he uh has that 53.3 offense yeah. uh, thing that he talks about I think that the air raid does that, but I think that if you have a really good gun wing T with twins or trips, right? It's like, it just depends on how you line it up. But if you have that tight end in a wing with twins opposite or a tight end in a wing with a, a flanker outside to, to create trips and you can run all of your belly all of your buck, the trap, uh, if you can hit quick enough, and still have the threat of twins and trips, you truly have that 53.3. And so for me, that it was a no-brainer when when I had to kind of say, like, who am I? What, what am I doing as a coach? I evolved into that whole wing raid mindset and – and kind of um, just said, if I can teach if then to my kids with wing T, then we can throw the ball on shallows and quick stuff and have them understand the same if then statements. And it doesn't change anything philosophically for us. It's, it's all the same, then we're good. And that's, that's what I've done. 
Yeah, I was gonna we keep going down rabbit holes. I'm gonna get to that. I was gonna ask you, I'm very curious, but keep going down rabbit holes. But um oh I was gonna say something. See, this is what happens. Um <laughs> I don't know, like I think the argument now you're seeing because I already what I'm so that I told you at the podcast, like I want to do ESPN stuff. Me and my two friends are kind of doing that now. We do like a college football recap. Now we're turning more towards we're Illini fans. So we're turning it towards like an Illinois show because basketball's back. Illinois is number five in the nation. We're really excited. One of the things my friend asked me, he doesn't coach. We played football here. He doesn't coach. And I love Mike Leach and he knows it. And Mississippi State was struggling, you know. He goes, when is Mike Leach going to realize he needs to run the ball? And I said, well, hold on a second. Mike Leach ain't going to run the ball. That's not who he is. He's going to throw the ball. So I think the arguments, you're seeing this argument more now of like, hey, look, um, they're struggling. You see other air raid coaches are starting to run the ball more. They're getting the RPO stuff like Lincoln Riley and Holgerson. And Coach Salas worked with Hal Mummy and Mike Leach. And I talked to him. He said, yeah, they might be mad at me. I do a lot of GT counter, but it's beautiful. But they still throw it a lot. But he's like, we'll still run it. So I think the argument when you're, it's coming up more is because Mike Leach is not winning, I think. Yeah. But you weren't hearing that a lot when he was at Washington State and they started to win. You didn't really hear it. Now that he has a below 500 record, it's like, oh, he's not winning. He yeah. has to run the ball. And I'm like, I get it. But you know how much – that's not the way he thinks. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the argument is like, should you run the ball or just throw it the whole time and – because he's the only true pure air raid left. Because even Mummy has gone to like a air raid run and shoot type thing. Yep. He's the last true air raid, I think. And uh, isn't his son Matt's at Nevada, right? I yeah, think. and then, yeah. And But even they're running. Um, they're not like full-on leech air raid. Yeah, they're not full-on. <clears throat> Graham Harrell is at USC. He's not full on. They run a lot of inside zone and uh, duo and stuff. I think that uh, goes back though to the whole thing, the concept of um, the system, that systematic approach, right? The the system thinking is, you know, when do you adapt? And I, th- mm-hmm. I think that it it's a um, the, the problem is that sometimes, well, not sometimes, a lot of times we live in that kick, you know, kick, kick when you're down culture, right? Mm-hmm. Wait till you lose and then start to blame everything on what you're doing. For me, I was glad that he took the Mississippi State job because it got him out of the Pac-12 because I grew up an Oregon fan. You know, my family's from the Northwest. So, like, for me, I grew up watching – Pac-10 and Big Ten football because with my family's from Michigan and from from the Northwest. So for me, <clears throat> I've always been an Oregon Ducks fan since small child, and it pissed me off playing them because it would be – I knew there was going to be like five or six plays called the entire game, but it's just going to work because he had had time to build. And, again – I know it's the SEC and everybody can say whatever they want to. I don't care. It, it, you give him time to build. You know, at this I think that this whole college football season has an asterisk beside it anyways, mm-hmm. period. I mean, even whoever wins the Heisman 
um, and all of these things, it's kind of like they earned it, but it's mm, like, would it be the same if everyone had the same preparation, the same training camps, the same everything, all the stuff that would be normal leading up to a normal season? Nobody's had that. So that's why you see, I think, like Coastal Carolina just like just ripping, you know, mm-hmm. and um, just teams that gelled. I think that's the thing. Like um, it might not be that you're not that good. You just haven't gelled yet. Right. So the, that whole player um, bond hasn't been built because there's a lot of trust that goes into football. And we know that as coaches, but again, I've said it and we'll say it a thousand times this whole college football season this year is a big giant asterisk, but no coach in the college ranks should be fired after this season, in my opinion, because there's been handcuffs and short leashes on everything to where it is what it is. Like just be thankful that your, your state is playing, that your school is playing, that whatever alma mater you have is playing be happy with that. Enjoy it because it could be that we had nothing and then just move on from the season and see how normalcy returns heading into to 21 season. <clears throat> and thank God <clears throat> we're only 31 days left in this dumpster fire of a year. So, and then it'll be round two. <laughs> no. Stop. Don't put that. Don't put that on us. Don't. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just cancel that out in the, the airwaves of this podcast. Just we're moving on. There's no round two. We, we, we got to do something else. I fell into that TikTok rabbit hole and there was a funny one. It, it did that. It was like new year's Eve, December 31st, 2020. And you know, it's like, you know, five, four, three, two, one. And then that voice from the old school video games, round two like oh, Mortal combat and so it's like it hits midnight it goes round two and then they look around <laughs> so every time someone says i'm like be. oh round two. Oh god no i love tiktok though yeah i, I never I felt i fell down that rabbit hole yeah this is a rabbit hole i will go down i never thought as a grown man that i would be a fan of tiktok but that is the funniest like there, I find the funny. I laugh so much. That's the only social media that I actually enjoy. I don't really engage much on any of the social media that I'm on, but I will wear TikTok out because. So, like me and the wife, we watch. Um, you know, when you have your for you page feed mm-hmm. pretty much worked out, um, it kind of curates what you want to see. So like all of the married pranks, right? Between the spouses, those kind of, the, that stuff, man, crack. Like, I swear, I never, I never thought that I would be the guy that would be like, hey, TikTok's hilarious. But it is. That, that happened in quarantine. Uh, yeah. People told us, she started watching it and I was, I secretly downloaded it and started watching and then she caught me <laughs> and was like, are you watching TikTok? And I was like, oh, you caught me. I thought she was asleep. I'm out in the living room. She comes out. Are you watching TikTok? I was like, oh. oh my god, that's hilarious. 
And so I was like, yep. So then like before bed, besides reading a book, what happens? You're watching that before bed. You're not reading a book or nothing. You're just not even watching TV. <laughs> just looking through yeah. TikTok. And if you don't, don't do know. it, you're thrown off. It's 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 one of the last things. It kind of reminds me of the old vines, but mm-hmm. it's just that last thing where it's just authentically real for the most part. And it just there's just so much funny stuff at like genuinely makes me laugh. So I enjoy it because it's really hard, especially in 2020, to laugh. And so I wear it out and I will admit that in front of all you coaches. TikTok, it's my fave. Sorry. Well, I think that's why um, it grew in the quarantine because you had nothing to do and we needed to laugh mm-hmm. because it was like, I, 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 I think it's my fault. We left school March 13th. That was like the day they said, go home. And I was like, this ain't going to last while. Well, it's April. This ain't going to go on. Well, then they, they shut the state down. And we're like, well, now it's depressing. And yeah. we need something. Hey, guys. The Coach Steve Show podcast has recently started to work with the Unhinged Sports Network. Um, it's a 24-hour playing podcast with different podcasts on there. Great stuff. Any sport that you could think of. They play it 24-7. They have weekly episodes and just play them throughout the week so you can never you never miss a show. And they are working with Fanatics.com. Uh, and, you know, Fanatics.com always has great deals during Black Friday. They had 70% off. Every single day there's daily deals from 20, 30, 40, 60% off on your favorite team's gear. Any team you want, you can find on there. You, um, you went to Illinois State University. You can find it on there. Any college team, any pro team, you can find things on there. They have shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, different things that you could think of at fanatics.com. They have jerseys. Uh, you know, so good treat yourself to a $12 shirt. Treat yourself to a $25 hoodie. So what you need to do is click the link in the episode description or on social media. Go shop at fanatics.com. Every single day there's deals. So it changes all the time. Black Friday had 70% off. The other day, they were 60% off. It changes anywhere from 14-hour window to a 24-hour window. So please, again, use the link in the episode descriptions. Please use the link on social media. Also, go check out Unhinged Sports Network. Go buy yourself something at Fanatics just to treat yourself, to buy a gift for somebody, birthday gift, anything. They have your sports gear. When your favorite sport comes back and you want to support your team, you become a fan of a new sports team, go treat yourself. So again, go to Fanatic, use the link below in the episode description, use the social media link at Fanatics, treat yourself, and get yourself something nice for all the sports seasons that are coming back. You know, you can't watch so much Netflix, you can't watch so much of that, you need something else. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. 
It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Um, Coach Ronaldo or Ronaldo, I think on Twitter, I, I hope I said his last name right. He makes a twit. His TikTok is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like the stuff coaches say or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, hilarious. That's, yeah, that's that's hilarious. I almost have him on the podcast, but then I caught him right when he lives in Texas and they have their football season. So I caught him right when they started football and I was like, you can worry about that. I'm like, don't worry about because Texas football, it's a whole nother thing. I was like, you worry about that. Like, yeah. And he's, a, he's like the recruiting coordinator. So he has to get stuff ready for the kids to get recruited. And I'm like, that's a high school and you do that? He goes, yeah, it's part of my yeah. job. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I won't be doing my job if I didn't ask about the wing down here for a long time. I haven't even gotten the, the wing raid. <laughs> so I'm up with a wing raid because it kind of conflicts with everything we just talked about on Twitter. People talk about wing T and air raid. Yeah. You can't have both because they're going to say air raid is soft. They're going to say the wing T, you know, three things happen when you throw the ball and two are mm. bad. And so you can't have both. And then you talk to coaches about wing T, you have to practice this, this, and this, and all your time has to go to that. Air raid is like, you have to practice this and you're taking away reps if you focus on the run more, if that makes sense. Like, so how are you able to incorporate both? That's very interesting to me. I think that it goes it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You have to start at the that whole basic part, like the foundation has to be the same thought process for any of your passing RPO game and any of your running game. So like your your whole thing has to has to be the same. If you say we're we're a running team and you don't care to throw the ball ever you you've you've eliminated your ability to beat probably two or three teams that you'll face that if you could have just tossed the ball a little bit just a little bit just enough you could have changed the course of the game so i think that either it comes down to um you have to to lose that whole mentality of, you know, the fear of going into something. And I think that fear stems from we're afraid of what we don't know. Right. And that's where a lot of the uptightness that you find sometimes I think in the Twitterverse and other social media comes from like, if it comes up in topics and they don't know, they get really guarded and the same thing. Uh, kids can read you like a book. So if you are not 100% confident in being able to establish both phases of the game, they're going to see it, they're going to know, and they're not going to trust you. And if you don't have trust, then then you might as well just line up in the wishbone or the Maryland eye and just pray that it works and that everyone's smaller than you because that's what it's going to take. Um, for me, <clears throat> it was the evolution of because I'm a system guy. So when I had my chance to finally be the offensive coordinator, um, 
I was like all over the place, right? I was like gun triple mixed with <clears throat> what I thought I was doing good with inside zone, but I really suck at inside zone. Like I own that. I'm not an inside zone guy. I'm a gap guy, mm-hmm. but I thought, you know, like I could just, I could coach it and we would be this and that. It's awful. Right. So I had to, I had to find myself. And when I needed answers, ultimately, and, and again, this is my biased opinion, everyone, the wing T for me is the ultimate system, the true order of football for, for me personally. And when I got there, I didn't want to be under center. I wanted to be pistol. There wasn't really anybody doing it that I knew of at the time. Um, the closest thing that I could find was back in the day, I got a hold of uh, Coach Murphy from Capitol High School. Um, and I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he won probably six or seven state championships up there. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount and just absolute, but he was a wing T guy, but he was, he had done this thing where he moved to the tight end and a a wing with offset back in the gun with twins. So I started taking some of that and evolving to pistol. And then I'm evolved to the gun. And then, then I started watching, um, uh, Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley and just started thinking, God, like, why can't you take the shallow portions of that game, right? The air raid passing game and mesh it. And so just slowly started moving those pieces until I got to where it was easy enough to put people in so much conflict um, with, and especially when you get into the, the trips set um, or what I call ACE, but it would be trips to most everyone else. It's tied in with the wing, with the flanker out. And so, um, so yeah, it was just this evolution of trying to find a way to evolve as a coach, as a football person into something that I knew I could lay out to the kids and say, if you believe in ABC, then the counters off of those DEF work. And then we can throw X, Y, Z in on the, the trick play or the whatever stuff, the specialty, the, you know, whatever you want to call them. And then have this bag of things that's so simplified, right. That, that it just kind of, it looks so complicated, but it's so easy, so simple. And Mm -hmm. so for us, like we have, we're, we're a, we're a buck belly down jet team, right? We run buck series belly down, which belly G, but yes, we call it down. I I'm wing T, but I really, really dread some of my podcast because I'm going to have some of the purists on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do the numbering system. 
um, the old wing T numbering system. Um, just because, you know, I was on coach, uh, Banstra's podcast and like the day after I was on his podcast talking about belly, he was on there <laughs> talking about, and he, he was like laughing, talking about coaches who called belly Eggsby, the cross block ISO. And I was calling it ISO, but I, you know, and it, so I, I messaged him and I was like, sent a bunch of laughing emojis and he was like, what? And I said, I just heard you talk about, you know, you think it's hilarious when people try to call it belly ISO. And so he started, he was laughing, but I don't, I'm not a purist in the sense. I love wing T for what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't need, don't necessarily love wing T for what it was. Right. I know where it started, but I love it for what it is because it's a tool. It's a tool for me to build a foundation for these guys to understand that if you learn buck sweep, what we call belly ISO, so all of you guys watching belly ISO, belly XP, down or belly G, jet, you know, some rocket if we want to toss it in. But those four things, if you learn four plays, that's all we have, right? And then you have the complementary stuff off of it. But all four of those families look the same. And mm -hmm. I start out by teaching that. A household looks the same. The mom and the dad and the kids, they all share the same features, right? And so it's the same thing. And it was really just that. It was me evolving myself to be able to teach something systematically so that when I preached my gospel of, you know, goals and systems and rising to this and falling to this, making sure that my system had that catch, right, that kept us on the the plane to reach where we wanted to go. So, yeah. Yeah, he, Coach Banstra's thing comes from me probably. It's probably from me because all of the podcasts on Coach Sheffers, we've done a lot of them. And me being the run game coordinator, we're shotgun, you know, we're spread, we're a spread run. The OC calls it ISO. I'm like, okay, I'm going to call it ISO. But I know traditionally it's belly so it's because of the way it's blocked. Right. So some of that comes from me because I give him a hard time. Like, no, it's ISO. Or like, no, Steve, it's belly. Like, so some of that comes from me because I gave him a hard time. And I'm like, no, it's ISO. We're spread. It's ISO. And yeah, but you brought up a good point. Like, just because purists call it this or that, you can call it whatever you want as long as you know what it is and the kids know what it is, the assistant coaches know what it is. And that's where football gets complicated, I think. Not that it's a bad thing. Like, I can't forget, I, I was younger, having conversations. They'll call something, one thing, I had no idea what they were talking about. But we probably ran the same thing. Put up the uh, inside zone. If I drew up inside zone, it looks like duo just because I want double teams. Mm -hmm. But Coach Bancher was one of them. I drew up inside zone on his podcast or his interview or whatever. Oh, that's duo or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm not blocking the end. Yeah, but the blocking, the way it looks, it's duo. I'm like, the team I was on taught me this was their inside zone because we did not have the athletic lineman to take a step to the right and go up the field. Like, we just didn't. Yeah. Because I said, I was an offensive lineman. It sucks to block a 
linebacker by yourself to get up there and do it. It sucks. And so the school I was at, we realized, why can't we just double team? If we get four yards out of it, we're good. Mm-hmm. I know inside zone is supposed to be this big play, and eventually it's going to be. People don't realize that it's always the cutback. It's not always the hit. It's always like they aim for the center, and then if there's this hole to the left, they just bang it back. Yeah, the um, bend, bang, bounce. And so we just figured, figured double teams worked. Just don't block the end because we had a running quarterback too. So like, don't block the end. It's still zone. We're still teaching zone concepts. When you're double team, it's still a zone. Like if this guy shows up, you got to get him. And if there's nobody on you, but someone blitzes, you got to get him. So it's still zone concepts. And then we're stealing reps for power. And people are like, what do you mean? We're double teaming. So when you run power right or whatever people call it, 44 or power right, you're double teaming. So on inside zone, you're still stealing reps. Mm -hmm. And so when it's zone, 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 and then you call power, the the alignment besides the guy pulling is like, oh, I go here. It's the same thing. But I'm stupid simple. What do I know? I don't know. Yeah. There's more than one way to skin a cat. When I tried my hand at uh, zone schemes, that's the way I, I did it. It was all doubles and try to get the movement. And if you could create a lane, I was just really, all I did was try to influence and leave the cutback. That's all I did. Then I realized, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that good of a coach with zone. I own it. So yeah, I'm straight up gap. Well, when I was handicuffed OC, it had to be, we had like six run plays. Yeah. That's tough. And then inside zone had to be step to the right or left and go up. And at the time I was like, I didn't like inside zone because of that. Then I went to the next school and there was one of their bread and butters. This is how they did it just because they didn't have the linemen. And then it kind of just clicked of like, Oh, and then I learned how to do it. And then the next school I popped to, I kind of brought that with, they kept stepping to the right or the left. I kind of brought that double team thing and it worked. Um, and then we were able to, I think Ohio State stole this from us. I'm always going to say they stole it. <laughs> Ohio State runs this a lot. If they run like inside zone, well, we called it eight. So left tackle to the right guard are blocking inside zone left. The right guard is releasing out. And so now the quarterback is reading that the end still. He can hand off to the running back to follow the tackle and follow the two receivers that are blocking. Or if that guy goes with the right tackle, the quarterback keeps and runs behind that inside zone. And we were doing it at the school I was at. We had talked about it. I'd never seen it before. So we were doing it. And then like the next year I saw Ohio State doing it. And I was like, see, they stole it. You see that? Yeah. Um, and then to influence the linebackers because we could never block. There was always one guy we couldn't get off of that. So to influence that backer, you put the running back on the other side and you motion a guy. Now they're looking at him. The running back's an extra blocker and they're following the motion guy. So you're getting that backer to move. And so that's why we were big inside zone and big power. And that was it. And trap. We ran trap like eight times in a row one time. Yeah. Those were our three right there. Trap eight times in a row sounds like my kind of game. Well, the head coaches like me were – we're both simple. He ain't stupid. I will never, I don't work for him anymore, but I'll never call him stupid simple. He was just frustrated with something we called. So he's like, I'm calling trap, call trap. We got eight yards. 
he called it again. We got like six and it was just, I kept looking at him like, if you call something else, we're going to smack you. And so we called it boom, 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 like two times right, one time left, blah, blah. And we scored. Our guards were so tired. They come over like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> and I was like, you guys are soft. Back in the day, we would have loved to do that every time. Yeah. Well, um, they would uh, hate to be at Castlewood. <laughs> we, uh, we ran buck sweep because uh, we met so th- this past year we weren't full like wing raid we were pretty much what we called single wing t mm-hmm. it was a blend of my stuff and chris's unbalanced single wing and we met because we got there was four weeks before we played Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Okay. And so we okay. took, like, we started and then we added throughout the year. But we ran our linemen. Oh my God. Like, it was ridiculous because we told them, hey, listen, you know, Buck Sweep out of the wing T stuff and the, the single wing stuff is going to be big for us. Like, that, that's where we're going to hang our hat. That's our identity. And, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's games that one game that we we played probably ran buck sweep 20 times. Yeah. I mean, at least 20 times. But I'm I mean tired just thinking about it. Yeah, they but it there was there was it's one of those games where their adjustments weren't there. And when they did adjust, I, I ran I ran down. So like we would just kick out and then just suck everybody in, wall off and then go. And so it was, it was, it was enjoyable for me. Um, They were tired, but they were, they were prepped. So. Well, it's kind of like you guys don't keep doing this till I'm tired. I'm standing over here. I ain't (laughs) tired yet. Yeah. That's the one thing that I do dread about this, this spring we've been, they've been really good lifting and and they've transformed themselves um i just don't know how the cardio part of it's gonna play out because we're probably gonna have to do a lot of running in the gym uh you know we'll be practicing outside in february but you know i don't know that's that's one of those not that's a rabbit hole i don't want to go down well (laughs) we said the same we yeah. said the same thing, like injuries is the big thing. They can lift all they want and do whatever, but 
going to be cold. That's why we did a lot of body weight stuff. We were, we're so worried about injuries and it's going to be cold. And one thing we did in contact days, which I don't know if a lot of coaches thought about this, our head coach, he was the defensive coordinator. It's first year being the head coach. So I, I always laugh at him. Are you glad you took this job? And he just said words. He just doesn't want to repeat. <laughs> and he took the job like two weeks or so before this all went to hell. So like at the end of February. So it was like right then he took the job. But who knew? We didn't know. Um, yeah. We practiced a lot of special teams because we thought about it. And he was like snow. And in Chicagoland area with the wind. He's like, we got to do that now because we have an indoor facility, like an indoor track, but we got to share it. But there's going to be times when we get to go inside. You can't really punt in there and all that stuff. And so he's like, we got to practice it now, figure it out now. And I told some coaches up here, they're like, oh, my goodness. We, they put all their emphasis on special teams. And so I'm like, special teams going to make a comeback. Like, this is going to be the time where it's huge. And then – me being the run game coordinator, he was like, it's snow. We're going to run the ball a lot more, Steve. So this is all on you. And I was like, great. Perfect. Thanks a lot. It's going to be a disaster. Now you've got me thinking about special teams. Yeah, because we thought it would be like, it's one thing to do in the snow, but with the wind, texting the head coach, like, hold on, we got to do special teams. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just, yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad he thought of it because I didn't. He called me one day before and he was like, "I'm the new guy too, you know, like, but I've been coaching for 12 years, which is more than some of the other coaches there have." And Steve, what do you think about this? And he told me I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't think about that. I'm more worried about the run game. I'm more worried about installing the offense. We got to start every practice special teams and focus a lot of it on that because kicking a frozen ball is going to suck. Snapping it's going to suck." the wind up here in the suburbs. It's, I'll put it to you this way. In central Illinois, I never wore pants coaching ever. Yeah. Up here, up here in the Chicagoland area, they're on week four. Like, so the first co- team I coached up here, we went 10 and one. We ended up going nine and oh. I think we were five, four and oh or five and oh. It was 28 degrees outside, 30 degrees outside. Well, I'm superstitious. Some, it was like something like that. I'm superstitious. I've been in shorts the whole time. So it's like, I have to wear shorts. I'm out there in shorts and 30 degree weather and the wind and I come home. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my feet. So the next week it's like the same weather. And I was like, I have to wear pants. It's going to have to happen. We're only winning by like three at halftime. And I'm like, it's going to happen. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. I'm not wearing shorts. Thank God we, we come back and won by like 28 or something. Thank God. But See, that's when you got to keep the superstition alive and just wear the same underwear. Luckily, I started growing out the beard, and I still had the beard. Okay, yeah. I had the same beard and same hat, so I was like, okay, we're good. It's whatever. Covered, yeah. And the same shoes, too, so I had still other things. Yeah, that And I was like, so it was, I toyed with it, you know, we're only one by, you know, we averaged, I think we averaged like 47 points a game or something. So when we're only up by three, I was like, oh, it's going to happen. We just weren't playing well. I was like, it's going to happen. It's because I'm not wearing shorts. <laughs> and then I think it caught back up, and then we got back on track. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think every coach is superstitious in that way. Like, 
there's there's little things that you do i don't care how much you any any of you listening at all would ever deny it there's things that you do with the thought of i'm repeating the process to the the like my game day thing and you do it not thinking about it like for me i carry one of two coins into the box with me that i i just flip a lot and i flip one of them is like a um it's a big medallion it's an oregon ducks medallion that i bought at a country club uh when we were doing um it was like a golf outing for a lot of local businesses and i either have that or it's a coin from um overseas and I will just, I will just keep it and flip it and you know, whatever. But it's like the little things, like I try to wear the same socks. I try to do like all, like I won't untie my shoes. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> you gotta slip them back so, on. It's so funny because if you think about like what you said, you were down by three and your only thought, like your, your initial thought was, it's because I'm wearing pants. You don't like, and coaches are bad for that because we won't even register the fact that like we're struggling at this and this and this. Our first thought is like, I didn't, you know, repeat whatever, or I didn't, you know, in your, um, the, yeah, superstitious. So it's funny. Yeah. When I was OC, one of the guys I put in the box, he always had to have the big mints and he'd eat them every freaking game. He had a big bag. If you asked for him, if he had to open them before he got to the press box, he wouldn't do it. You have to ask him at halftime. They're already open. Then you could have some. And I'm like, okay, that's a little extreme. Then the, then the pants thing happened to me. And I was like, all right, it's not extreme no more. I understand. I get what's going on. Art. But like, but like the other coaches I worked with that year, the first game they went, they got this, this, uh, a barbecue place, the first game. So we went one and oh, guess where they went the next Friday? They went back to that restaurant. We were nine and oh, so they ate there nine weeks straight. And then when we won the playoff game, guess where we were the next week? They had to go. We, our next playoff game was on a Saturday, but that Friday they still went. They're like, we have to go. We Even if we're not playing, we're going. Yeah. So that Friday, by God, they were in that mission barbecue, is what it's called. They, by God, they were there. Yeah. And they had ordered the same thing every time. And I'm like, aren't you guys exactly. tired of that? No. Because I worked at a different school, so I got out later, so I could never go. And so the one time, I think it was one of those games I could go. I got out of school early. I'm like, Steve, why don't you come over here? And I was like, nope, it's going to ruin it. If I go there, this bad juju is going to show up. Yeah. And my mistake was I got Subway. It was the first game I was driving by. I just grabbed Subway. It was an away game. By guy, I eat Subway like every Friday. And I didn't eat <laughs> I didn't eat Subway for like another year after that. I was like, that's enough. Can't yeah. do it. It is. It's hilarious. The links we'll go to in our superstitious side of like trying to repeat a victory. It's so funny. Yeah. And it's funny you said that. Cause looking back, that's what I said. I looked at a coach. I was like, I'm wearing pants and that's why we're only winning by three or whatever. As we're walking to the locker room and I hear the head coach was like, yeah, if we lose, it's because of you. Yeah. So it's funny. All of our mindset went to that just because, not to be cocky, we knew we were going to come back and win. 
because our team was just we had just good team. Yeah. But we saved it for the locker room. Once we went in the locker room, it flipped. But it's funny. That's like I said that and like the head coach here and he turned around like, oh, I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah, if we lose, it's because you're wearing pants. Mm-hmm. But that's just testament to him. He knew he's such a good guy, but he was just like he could turn it on and off. He was real funny, and then he could just flip a switch and be like the head coach. Yeah. Oh, we're crazy. And I when I told I told somebody that story like two weeks ago, maybe at school. Are all coaches superstitious? Like it's somebody that doesn't know sports. And I'm like, yes, yes, we are. And they laugh at it. They're like, that's funny. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. I could have gotten fired crazy, over that. What's crazy is that in no other place in my entire life, my career outside of coaching kids, nothing am I remotely that way. But on Fridays, it is it is a pattern it has to be this thing right and all of us are wired that way i don't care what any any of them say if they look long enough they'll find something that they do yeah and i love seeing people's reaction that don't coach or anything like that their reaction to that is like what like our head coach like I think we made the playoffs is what it was. He he was superstitious with his beard. He had he was growing a beard. But I think we finally made the playoffs for the first time since 1999. I think so. We were six and zero. When we did that, he had this old 1999 hoodie on. Well, then he was like, I can't take this off. I have to wear it every Friday. We made the playoffs. <laughs> so luckily, we were in a place that was kind of cold. So every Friday he had that same hoodie on. So if it was cold, he'd put a jacket over it. He's like, I still have the hoodie on though, so I can put this jacket on over. It. That's funny. So when we were we, we won our first playoff game since 1999, the reporter came and he told him in the report, he was like, my wife hates my beard. I look like Santa Claus, but we're, we're 10 and 0. I have this hoodie on from 1999 I should throw away. I'm never going to throw it away. And yeah, I have the same visor on. He has like, he's, if he ever listens to this, he'll laugh. He's bald. He has, he got no hair. But he had a visor on. So he's like, my head's cold. I can't put on a stocking hat because I had the visor on. So it's like, it, it grew. Mine started right away. His kind of had to take time. <laughs> oh, God. Because he had the beard, so he thought he was good. And then made the playoffs, and we kept going. And it just like, he's like, I can't. Now I have to keep doing this. I have to keep doing that. That's and we had to keep the same uniform combos besides homecoming. That was the only time we changed it. Yeah. And we won by 60, so he thought we could change it. And he's like, nope, now we're going back to normal. That was homecoming. We had to go back to normal. And <laughs> We wore white and red away. That's great. Now we got we're all black at home. Like we got to be that. Yeah. Oh, see, I talk about the wing raid, and I go down another rabbit hole. That's it's part of it. So I've taken a lot of your time. There was one thing I wanted to ask before we get off. I know you haven't drawn anything, and I apologize, but there was one thing that uh, we don't have to. I just be prepared. Yeah, just in case. Um, how do you install? like the run games from like a wing T and like air raid concepts, because I think again, going back to that argument, how much time air raid teams have to practice their pass plays to make it good. Um, and then the wing T stuff, how people have to practice it to make it good. So then how do you install that to make sure that everything gets a balance? And then I'll ask another question. Cause I'm thinking of it. A lot of wing T purists, I guess they don't like the pistol. They think it's all better under center. Mm-hmm. 
So what's your argument to that? Like it worked. I, I coach against a team that did the pistol stuff and it works. Just, that misdirection stuff just gets you. They were pure unbalanced pistol. And believe it or not, what beat us, we were a close game. What beat us was a play action pass of all things that beat us. Mm-hmm. And they ran the Statue of Liberty on us. That was the first time it ever happened. I was helping out on defense. They ran the Statue of Liberty and never seen it in person because they're doing so much misdirection. It worked. So I guess I just asked you two questions. Like, what do you, what do you say to people about the pistol purists? And you'll probably get that on your podcast when it happens. Oh yeah. It'll and happen. then, and then like, how do you install the buck series? Make sure you get all those run plays in, but on top of that, make sure they still get practice with mesh or shallow or Y cross stick and all that good stuff, which is stuff I love. Well, from I'll start with the air raid and wing T run. So we're going to be run first. Okay. So, I mean, right off the bat, uh, if if I'm full wing raid in a school, we're a run first team. We're going to run the ball. Uh, if you're going to give us, um, just based on formations, you're going to give us something that I can pick on, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to find, I'm going to try to find your third best linebacker. I'm going to try to find the weaker D end. I'm going to try to find the corner who is dressed to the nines, but doesn't like to tackle. Right. Same thing. We always do. All of us do it. <clears throat> but in saying that, as far as air raid goes, um, I have mesh in there but I don't teach it as intricate, right? I just, for me, I just want like my tight end, my Y to run his mesh at the face of the opposite linebacker. I just need, I need him to cross his face. Right. And, and, and it's all, and then whether it's a wing or whoever that's coming underneath is chasing the, the feet of the D line. So like for me, I don't, I don't need to get as intricate into the details of it because we're going to run it, but we're running it behind a run game that's fast, deceptive. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And your kids are already focused on the meat and potatoes that you've preached all week. Mm-hmm. If I can take snag or a shallow or a flood or what, you know, any of those core, cause I don't really go into 
um, you know, well, I call it drive, but it's pretty much, um, it's pretty much uh, like drag dig post. It's, um, I can't remember what, what the term is for it in the purest air raid. But anyways, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, I've always known it as drive, but I've heard some other guys call it different things, but where I want, like, uh, if we're in the, the tight end and wing set with a flanker to the same side, I want the tight end running 10 yard dig wing running the shallow <clears throat> with a flanker on the post. So, and then we're just going to fake our buck sweep. So to the linebackers, the release and the, the drag, the shallow, to them, it, it's down block. That's the, that's what they see. They see the steps down block. They see the back crossing the quarterback. They they have been taught and triggered all week. If you see this, it's buck sweep, fire downhill, get you your gap, blah, 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 blow it up, create penetration, try to do this, blah, blah, make them run around it, all the things that the defense coordinator is saying all week. That's all I need. I don't need to be 50-50. I don't need to be perfect air raid and perfect wing T. I just need to be good enough at one to complement the other. Gotcha. And that's the thing. So for, for installing, it's run first. It's wing T first and then everything else. Because once they're so beat down from installing the run hardcore principles of everything that we do, the air raid stuff becomes fun. And so it's, it's a reward of the base. It's, it's the, the sweet to the bitter, the, you know, soft to the heavy, all that, whatever comparisons that you want to do. But that's my thought process in trying to get them to that place. As far as the whole argument of pistol wing team, my quarterback, when we go into pistol, his toes are at three and the, the fullback is at his toes are at five. So whether I'm in pistol or I'm under center, there's no difference at the depth of the dive back. It's the same. Now, some people under center will put the fullbacks toes at four if they want to hit it super fast, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to split hairs over maybe a half second difference. Right. You know, you can say that it hits faster, but I would rather have my quarterback backed off at three yards. And, and again, we're talking three yards from the ball, not three yards from the center, three yards for the, from the ball. So the dive back is five yards from the spot of the ball toes. And when that ball snapped, he's downhill. It's the same as if – so we're just catching, and as we catch, it's the same thing as teaching your quarterback, right, to get off the midline from under center as he's taking the snap, right? So as we're catching the snap – and sorry to put my hands up to the camera, but as we're catching the snap, it's a still the same. We're receiving and still making the same. You're just teaching the footwork backwards. So instead of stepping back off the midline – we're stepping to the line of scrimmage off the midline. And then you get that natural bend on the trap 
or we're faking and he's filling in for backer because a lot of guys um, will let the fullback feel for the backside guard on buck sweep. I don't know. I would never do that because for me, if I'm running trap, where does the center block? He blocks back. <laughs> so I want trap and buck to look the same. So if, if the, if the, the backside linebacker right to, to our weak side, not the tight end side, but to the, to the weak side, if he sees the center block back and dive coming at him, he thinks what? trap he's been taught if the center goes and you see the guard pull get downhill now because it's trap it's the it's the hardest hitting deadliest play you know buck sweep is the 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 baby of you know the wing tee but trap is that sledgehammer right Right. that that and belly iso you know but i want to create the same so i always have the center block back and that way I can get him to trigger. And if I get him to trigger, then if I can get him to do the same movements and trigger when we're in the gun on buck sweep and he's trying to scrape to the A or to the to the strong side A to beat the pulling guard and to blow it up in the backfield, that's where the RPO game comes in. And, you know, so I, I run a sit route, the snag right there to sit where he's replacing and then becomes like an eight yard pass. And then as soon as he catches it, it turns it up. And, and I teach that RPO catch. I, I teach them um, the same thing that uh, to treat it like basketball, just take, mm-hmm. catch it, and take it to the hoop. So like, if you're going to post up and you're taking that, that underneath mm-hmm. step to go to the basket, it's the same thing, catch the ball take your post step turn and then work it upfield. I was getting ready to say like, is your snag the same as corner in air raid terms? Yeah. Yeah. Because I first learned it as snag Um, coach Dearman at Kansas. He ran Auburn stuff because all the stuff you're doing sounds like Auburn stuff. They call it snag. And then you look at air raid. It's the guy runs a corner, but he runs that route. They call it corner, but it's a snag. Like, uh, I think, and I, I don't know. Coach Mackey could correct me. I'm going to have him on my podcast to to compare. We're going to go at it with wing T and air raid if thens, right? But <clears throat> air raid will run snag when they want to throw it on the inside outside. So if they want to throw the snag route versus the arrow, so if they want to read the underneath defender. They'll call Y corner if they want to read the corner of whether he stays on the snag or drops with the the corner route. So mm-hmm. depending on whether you want to run Y corner against the cover two look, like a two shell, or you want to run actual snag against the the, the cover three shell because now you're invert uh, that um, – flat player force you know or not force but alley player guy that's out there apexed on twins uh is now the flat player so you want to get the read of whether he goes with the arrow or stays where he at where he's at with the the snag route so so you get more of the inside outside read and then they like to set up that 
with stick. That's kind of where they go with was like, I think stick sets up corner. They run stick first. They still have the shoot, the arrow, then the stick, and then that outside release. They see how they play it, and then they're able to be like, okay, now we're going to run corner or snag, but they call it corner. It's just setting up that flag defender of what, where he's going and where they're dropping. And then I Mike te- Lee. Oh, go ahead. I teach the stick and snag at the same time. And I call them twin sisters because they're both beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're triangle passing concepts. Right. So you have mm-hmm. your inside, your outside, your deep. It's just who's going where. And that's it. That's right. the only thing that changes. And so I teach them, if you know stick, you know snag. If you know snag, you know you you know stick. So that's it. And then they get crazy after that. Well, like Mike Leach, he calls it stick, but it's like an option. So like mm-hmm. when that guy's running, if that guy's sitting inside, he doesn't turn in. He like runs to him and then goes out. Like almost like a whip route, but he like churns his hitch and then he goes out. Yeah. High school, it's hard to teach that. So they just teach a straight up stick but he likes to tell them post up basketball. So when you turn back as your hitch, so people that don't know stick is hitch. People say that too. Like, Oh, it's a hitch. I know it's a stick route. It's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. When you turn back to the ball, if that guy's here, well in basketball, you don't go into him and like, give me the ball. You go over here to get the ball. Cause I coach basketball too. It's like, it's over here. So Mike Leach is like, why don't you just run that way? Well, the guy's there, well, he's got to pick two things. He's going to guard you or our running back that's running the arrow. So if there is a guy there, he's got to pick you or the running back. And if they're all down there, we've got a touchdown because nobody's watching the corner or the, the, the go route on stick. Mm-hmm. And then, then people are, and that's RPOs too. Like if you add a run game to that, but they're reading the same thing, like tell the linemen they're doing their thing but you're reading the same reads as if it were a pass. But if something doesn't look right, you just hand the ball off. Yep. Like if you just can't picture it, like when in doubt, hand it off and they go. <clears throat> and that's the one thing that uh, I have been talking to, to the kid uh, that's going to play quarterback for us in the spring um, when we first started evolving to some RPO looks this year is telling him – to trust me that if I call an RPO, I am 1,000% okay with you just handing the ball off. Otherwise, I would call a pass. Only throw it if you know it's going to be money. If you are confused at all, you have the free out of just handing the ball off and removing all – like taking all of the blame from yourself, like there's nothing that you're going to get fussed at for. Right. And then when they come off the field, instead of yelling at them, you just say, okay, what did it look like? Like, what did you see? Like another thing, young coaches listening, don't yell at your quarterback. You need to ask them before you yell at them, which I had to learn. I have to say, what did you see? Because they have a better way. Again, I researched Mike Leach a lot. He puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He may call play but that quarterback can check because he can see. Yep. And then some people say, well, he take that away from a quarterback. And I was like, if he does bad enough, he'll just put another guy in. Like he's just, yeah, he's so focused on that. And then when you research coach mommy, he's kind of let them check. But I think it was more of, you're going to run this. 
but that's why he incorporated the choice route in his air raid because now he takes that full out. It's like quarterback, you're not changing the play. You're just going to tell this one guy what to do. So like, if you already know you need him to run a post, like just do this real quick. Or like, you know, it has to be a curl and you tap your shoulder or something. Yeah. And that's where it's adapted. And that's where people need to realize like it's all different and who's doing what and how they do it. Not to play, blame quarterback on Mike Leach's teams, but they have to realize he gives them a lot of freedom. And that's where it's this has to come through of why they're struggling. Like he calls a play, but he knows they see something that has to be checked. So with the RPO stuff, it's the same thing. When in doubt, hand it off. But if you can see it, it's got to be money. And then when they come off the field, like, okay, what did you see? What wasn't clear? And then get the old whole sideline now and be like, okay, let's go over it. Young coaches listening, that's what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, I will add to the young coach listening portion of that. Make it a rule for yourself moving forward to not yell at any player on game day. If you have not made practice so hard and so difficult that the game feels easy, then then you need to reevaluate the way that you approach practice. Me and the head coach I'm with now, you know, of course we're we're good friends, but philosophically we approach the game very similar. Um, we really, really lay it on them heavy in practice. And when I'm when I say lay it on, like I will, I will call practice in in team period like a game, and rush them and put them through through, you know, all of the the hard spots and, I mean, just wear on them, and you know, ask them questions in the middle of of calling the play, and if they don't respond to me, like just doing everything that I can to force practice to be very extremely difficult because they don't need any more pressure on Friday. What they need is someone who asks them why and not like, why did you and berate them? I'm talking about, just like you said, why did you do this? What did you see? Because what we have seen is coming from years of experience. It's coming from watching hours and hours and hours of film, lectures, clinics, all the crap, right? All the things that we do. That kid is just a kid, right? And even some of your best players that you're ever going to have on your team don't care about football one-tenth of what you do. Mm-hmm. There are some kids that are special and love it, and it's a passion. But even some of your better kids that you young coaches are ever going to be around, they're not. They're not. They really don't care. Like they'll play the game and do good for you, but they don't care. So when you approach them on game day, you have to be a fan. Like you got to be their biggest fan because they already have enough pressure, and and that's the the quickest way to get a kid to fold on you like a lawn chair is to, to be that guy that, that doesn't let them have a voice or 
makes them suffer for choices that you allowed them to make. Right. When I was OC, the head coach wanted to be their best friend. So we had nobody with like an authoritative figure, you know, so I had to become that person because. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I saw this happen, our corner and a wide receiver were going at it, going at it in a game. And I said on the headset, I was like, this is going to be bad. We need to watch our guy. He's, he's getting bad. What happened? They start punching each other and our kid threw a punch and the refs come over and talk. I said, that kid's in, our kid's going to get thrown out. Well, thank God they didn't. They just kind of let it go. He put him back out there and I said, you got to bring him back. He cannot be out there right now. No, no, it's fine. It's passion. And so I realized we need an authoritative figure. So I forced myself to be that person. So I became the guy I was yelling all the time just because like kids were getting away with everything. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't laid down at the beginning. Like, this is not what happens. This is not how we act in mm. practice. Like, this is how, this is how we conduct ourselves. And so I forced that. And my last year at that school, I did not like one practice. I would go home, I had a headache. I was mad. I think that's why I have gray hairs and white hairs popping up still. So then when I came up here and worked for a different team, I started to realize like, that's not who I am. I was forcing it. Now I get after it. Every coach gets after it, but now it translates to a game. Like I find myself not yelling as much. I think the last time I've yelled, all of our offensive linemen were, I was offensive line coach. They were arguing with each other. They were blaming each other. So then I yelled, I wasn't yelling about what they did. I was yelling about Um, shut your mouth, sit down. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that's the real last time I yelled in a game. Like I might yell to get after, like you're, you're pumped up, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I don't pull a kid over and be like, why did you not do this, 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 and this? It was like, okay, you know, you're supposed to block that guy. What did you see from an offensive lineman perspective? Like you're supposed to block him. What did you see? What did I not see? Now, if I don't like the answer, I might take a deep breath and go, okay. That's where the yelling comes out. Like you didn't do what we did in practice. And then you walk away. Yeah. It wasn't like, you're well, dumb, you're stupid, and all that. It was that's the thing is you can always determine whether it's ignorance or laziness mm-hmm. by the way they answer the question. Right. And then, then you know how to address the player. Um so and each kid's different too. Like you have to figure out how you get to that kid. I had a couple kids you had to yell at them or like get into them, especially offensive line. Offensive line coaches, we have our own language. We have our own language, how we talk to each other. I had one or two kids, if you were very nice to them, it didn't click with them. You had to get after them. They needed that, so you figured it out. And some kids, it's not like when we all played. We all got yelled at. It was no 
come here, baby. Like whatever. Whisper sweet, sweet nothings. People that don't know coaches were also therapists. So when you figure it out, you bring that kid over and you're like, yep. Cause some kids, you might just say that to them. Okay. What'd you see? Oh, it's okay. Well, here you go. Some kids, you know, you have to yell for them to be like, I know, I know, like I get it. And then they click out of it. Yeah. The psychology of dealing with it um, was, that's the big, that's like a really, really fascinating part for me, uh, especially, you know, being my career outside of coaching is marketing is buyer behavior and just cycle like psychology of just consumers period carries over into you know not diagnosing kids but just understanding their thought process and the approach you know a lot of that stuff that's another long another little thing to add to the long list of uh uh young coaches to to think about because you you don't understand and a lot of the young coaches don't understand that there's going to be times where um, you're giving kids rides home uh, because they don't have anybody else to give them rides home, you know, so you end up becoming (laughs) therapist, best friend on the side, trying to figure out how to reach this kid and, and help make, you know, their lives better. So it, it is tough. So there's a lot that goes into coaching that, you know, sometimes the guys getting into it just don't think about. Or when school I was at, we made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and they had them before the game because it was some type of protein, you know. And then after the game, some kids, do you mind if I take some home? Yep. And they give it to mom and dad or their grandma or they eat it or we have team meals on Thursdays. You figured out who needed it and, hey, you know what? As coaches, we don't need to eat or like, we don't need a second plate. You guys take a second plate home. And that was their dinner. That's what they had. Uh, and I didn't realize that until I worked in a certain school like that. And it opened my eyes of they needed me more than I needed them. If that, I know that sounds bad, but like they no, needed it's, me. It's true. You know, like so, oh, I've said that the way you, it sounds, I'm sorry, the way it sounds, it sounds bad, but like they needed me more than I needed them. You know, like, I had an apartment to come home to. I had this. I didn't know where they were going. Yep. I didn't know where they were walking off to. They didn't have cars or if they, you know, I had to go home or do whatever. I don't know where they're walking to. I don't know when they open their door, what's going to be there. I knew when I walked in, we had an apartment, we have heat, we have this, we work hard for it, but some of those kids just don't have that. Yeah. That is the hardest part. Um, for me and coaching is because, you know, like I said, um, I think, I, I think I said it before we started the podcast about the, the number of kids that we have here. Um, you know, the 17 year old son, 15 year old son, 14 year old daughter, seven year old son and five year old daughter. For me, I love kids. And that is, that's the hardest part um, of coaching at my age with the experience is not installing. It's not the execution. It's not the play calling. It's not, it's trying to figure out how to flip the switch because if I don't, I I spend a lot of that time thinking, you know, does so-and-so have 
a place to sleep? Does so-and-so have, has he eaten, right? Do, do we need to order some pizza and have it delivered somewhere? Like what, like, you know, and, and that's not good for them to eat pizza all the time, but it's not good to not eat anything. So right, that's the hardest part for me. Uh, coaching is, is loving kids the way that I do because we, we, you know, we're big family and I love my children and I just love children in general, but is trying to figure out how to, how to flip that switch and, and kind of turn it off. And we learn it every year changes and we learn something new how to get to these kids. Um, so I've taken a load of your time. I didn't realize that these rabbit holes we jumped down. So here's my last question because I've taken all your time. Who should be hired at South Carolina or Vanderbilt? Uh, Put you on the spot. I think Munkin or Coach Ken needs a shot. I think they have to be thrown in. I think Munkin would probably be the better fit for South Carolina or for Vanderbilt just because um, they're a school that already understands that they're going to be an underdog. So they, you know, I think adapting, but I mean, who knows, does, if he goes away from a military school, does he adapt what he does? You know, who's to say that he, does what he you know he only does what he does for tradition's sake you know i mean he could um i don't know it depends on because i i think that there are some really good nfl coordinators that could come down and take over at south carolina and do well um uh what's his name with the chiefs Oh, I know. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that him? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he would go to college. I think he might get a shot um, with another NFL team, but somebody like that, I think could come, come down to the college level and kind of, and, and, and take what they're doing that's good in the NFL and even expanded even more because you know the the college game is going to be more wide open and your your choices of, of play calling and, and design you know with NFL it has to be a little bit more watered down because of the athleticism but when you can recruit to get disparities and really create those opportunities I think it would give someone with a really good mind um, but as I have no idea how to answer that question. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna put him on the spot. No, yeah. I said Munkin should go to South Carolina, but then Vanderbilt opened up and I said, okay, coach Sheffer, we all did a show on this, who should run the triple option. So like who should get it? <clears throat> but one thing they've talked about, I know some of the Munkin family here in Illinois, they're all over the place that's where he's from he's from illinois and i know some of the family he's not married to the option like what they're doing i think he's doing it because that's what fits 
because at Georgia Southern, he was more pistol stuff. People don't remember. So mm-hmm. I think if he goes to Vanderbilt, he has that high education again. He has these kids, like a Northwestern. And so I think that's where he should go. I said South Carolina just because it's tough football, tough kids. But I don't – they've already come out. Fans have already said, like, don't hire him. We're never going to watch a game. You hire Munkin and this and that. And I said, you need a culture guy more than X's and O's because it's mm-hmm. a mess. Vanderbilt's a mess. South Carolina's a mess. You need a culture guy. I will say this. And I would hate to see him split up from Gus Malzahn again, but um, Chad Morris is OC yeah. at Auburn. I think he, because everybody in South Carolina will remember what he did with Clemson. Yeah. So he had a bad time there at Arkansas, but he doesn't. He didn't forget how to coach overnight. No, but if you got if you've got good talent. You're going to be able to, to execute Arkansas's. That was a tough fit. Yeah, he's another one, but just to, just because I saw fans going off about Munkin for South Carolina, I was like, hold on a second. Yeah, that's that's silly. Well, I was like when that's SEC. Ken, well, when Ken was going to get high, he was interviewing for the Arizona job all those years ago, and that quarterback tweeted out like. If he comes here, we're leaving. We don't run the option or whatever. Hit the quarterback at the time tweeted. And so they didn't interview him again. Then that kid had a horrible season. Like it was just karma. And <laughs> so we all talked about it. And we said, if you're going to hire a Munkin or a Coach Ken, it needs to be kind of like what Johnson, you know, he went to Georgia Tech, not this big time. It's not Georgia, it's Georgia Tech. It needs yeah. to be a Vanderbilt or something like Go there, do what you do. If you can build a culture, then it'll work out. You know, like I always talk about Northwestern. I'm a big Fitzgerald fan. He doesn't have all the talent. That's a hard school to get into, but guess what? He's built a culture and Munkin and Ken can do that. So yeah, I think they need to be in the conversation. Well, I mean, Stanford, not yeah. easy to Harbaugh, Harbaugh did um, amazing there. Um, and then, uh, what's his name that's there now? Oh, I don't remember. I know like he's winning. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I think that it's, well, it just goes all, all the way back to what we were saying when we first started talking. Systematic thinking is culture, you know, that that's, that's just the way that it is. Yep, and that's a perfect way to end this because I've taken all your time. Trust the system and trust the process. Look at Alabama and everything else. Look at what they do. <laughs> there was a I will say this. Um there was a there was a, a quote, and I can't remember who who it came from. It's not mine, but I wrote it on the board when we got to Castlewood. <clears throat> and it fits in with what we were talking about on these certain schools needing a culture guy is um, I wrote the lowest level of performance that we accept becomes our culture. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I got that from, but it stayed on the board all year. And that rings true. And I think that a lot of times schools don't take that into consideration mm-hmm. when they're hiring for these college positions. It's all about the money and they got to keep the boosters happy and they, they see spread power. They see this. Oh, these are winning championships. Don't bring in 
Munkin or whoever's going to run this option. Yeah. I guarantee Munkin would show up, run maybe a wing raid. Who knows? Like he, he would come in and adapt. People don't think that. Like they need to go back and find Georgia Southern. He adapted. He had pistol stuff. He had under center. Mm-hmm. Um, he coached with Paul Johnson. He coached at Navy. Like he's been around. He knows. And I think you're right. I think he probably does it for tradition's sake too. Like this is what they've done. This is what fits. I have some hard nosed, disciplined kids. Why not do it? Yeah. I go to Vanderbilt in the SEC or South Carolina. Maybe I can, you know, spread it out a little bit. Not to throw it, but maybe I can line up this way. Maybe I'm pistol and I run option that way. Like yep. he'll stick to what he does, but he'll find different ways to do it because he'll have a bigger budget. He'll have a bigger this and. And you and Vanderbilt and South Carolina boosters, if they ever listen, which they won't, you need a culture guy more than a defensive coordinator and offense coordinator. You need a culture. And then even if he loses, but he's building that culture and he gets fired, whoever comes in, that culture will be there. So you're you just gotta find a guy to build it up. Yep. So well, coach, I appreciate you taking all this time. I apologize for how long it took, but I appreciate no, you coming on. It's been good. I, I've enjoyed it. It's a good conversation. It was a lot of rabbit holes when people listen later. It's a lot uh-huh. of rabbit holes. But I'm getting better at the podcast. The better I get, and the more Joe Rogan I listen to, the more rabbit holes I start finding. Uh-huh. That's the good part of it. So everybody out there, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.